Welcome to the Glow Podcast with Dr. Land. Our purpose is to inspire and equip you to live a purposeful and maximized life that makes a glowing difference in your world to God's glory. For more inspiring content from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's listen in and be inspired. goal that's our focus and i want everyone watching me online inside the auditorium right now to declare that by faith right now say in 2021 i'm experiencing heaven on earth god's kingdom is coming into manifestation in my life in my life in my home in my surrounding in my neighborhood and the will of god is being done in my life, in my home, in my affairs, in everything that pertains to me, in our city, in our communities, in our nation, in our generation. The will of God is being done, even as it is in heaven. Heaven is manifesting in mighty miracles, in divine manifestations, in supernatural provisions, supernatural positioning, supernatural directions, supernatural relationships. I declare in the name of Jesus that through my life, the darkness is being driven back. I am shining as a light, manifesting heaven in my sphere of influence to the glory of God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get some more energy from this room? Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let's get some energy, 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 you know? We got to get energy. We're about to get into the word. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are working with that theme gradually and gradually in January. We talked about repent or renew, sorry, renew, same thing. You know, we talked about that. And then last month we talked about reconnect. So we're talking about the purpose aspect uh, of, uh, sorry, we're talking about the relational aspect of, um, of our call, of our assignment as a church, of our focus as a church uh, last month. This month, we're moving to uh, the other aspect of our focus as a church, which is a very central one, um, purpose. Everybody say purpose. This month, we're getting deep into the word of God again on the subject of aligning to God's purpose. So the theme for, uh, for this month is a realign. So we want everyone, by the, at the end of this month, we want everyone that comes in contact with us, whether you're a member or you're a new person joining us, we want to see that you have realigned to run the race that God has called us to run, that, that you become more conscious of your purpose. If there was confusion, that God would take the confusion away, that God will give you clarity, and that you will take steps to actually begin to live the meaningful life that God has called you to live. So that's what we're going to be doing this month, and we're just praying for the grace of God to do that, to help us with that. So with that also, I want people to take advantage of the growth track, which takes place next Sunday and the other Sundays of this, of this month, if you have not taken it, because that's part of how the realignment is going to take place. And also the leading lights training that is starting next weekend. The next two weekends will be virtual leading lights training. 
If you have taken it before, remember you can take it again. Actually, I think they are making it free for those who are trying, right? Those who, are, those who want to just do a refresher. Uh, we already have people registered uh, for it, people from here, from other parts, and, you know. Uh, but if you have not registered and you know that that's the next step in what you are supposed to do, you've got to fight to make it happen. As you know, you see, as I begin to talk about purpose today, there's always a fight that is involved in purpose. Don't postpone it. You know, last year we only had one. Thank God we didn't postpone it. You know, because when we finished that weekend, the pandemic hit. <laughs> we finished the leading light. The next, <laughs> it just hit. But I thank God because those who went through it, uh, some of them right now, I can see them, you know, aligned in different areas. So you want to make a, take advantage. Don't postpone it and say, oh, I'll do it another time. You don't know what's going to happen. If I you don't have the time to waste, you don't have time to waste. So if you have not done the leading light now, do it now. Do it this weekend. Register for it this weekend. And, you know, get it over with and see how God, as God is flowing in this, flow, this thing of realignment, see what God is going to do in your life. Hallelujah. Amen. So that's our theme for the month. And uh, we're taking it, it's realigned. We're taking it from Hebrews chapter 12, from verse 1 to 3. So are you guys ready? Are we ready? Okay. So I want to teach, uh, preach, teach, whatever. You know, the way it's going to go, exhort or whatever, a message that I titled, Run the Race. Run, actually, run. That's a run. Following God's plans for your life. That's what I'm going to be talking about this month. Following God's plan for your life. Run the race or run. Following God's plans for your life. Our text, Hebrews chapter 12, from verse 1 to 2. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a, a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance. The race God has set before us. Verse 2, looking unto Jesus or keeping our eyes. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He disregarded the shame. Now he's seated at the right hand of honor beside God's throne. Hallelujah. Someone, hallelujah, somebody. So, the writer of Hebrews, uh, you know, was speaking uh, today after a discussion, you know, it's just a continuation of a discussion that started in the entire letter. Uh, so, the letter is a 13-chapter is letter, I believe, and um, he, he started from the beginning which we broke into chapters, chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3, and all that. Then it, goes to, it got to chapter 11, which is the most popular chapter in the book of Hebrews. Uh, it is the chapter that we call the, 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 faith, the faith Hall of Fame, where he began to talk about different individuals, starting from God, going down to Abel, and then going down to you know, Enoch, to Noah, 
to Abraham, just tracing all the different individuals and people who made a difference in their world, who made a difference in their world. Let's quickly look at that. Hebrews 11, verse 3. Um, verse 3. So well, from verse 1, it says, now faith. You see, when you're talking about walking in purpose, it's a walk of faith. So, so faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. We do not see. How many of you in this place, this place right now, know there are certain things about your life that you do not see yet physically, right? But you just have certain confidence that there's something ahead of me, there's something that God has come to do in this world. There's a particular uh, thing I'm supposed to accomplish that I can't see it yet, but I know it's there. How many of you? Yeah, so you are not the first person uh, to be in that case. The first person that was in that position was God himself. Let's look at it. So it says, that faith, that confidence in unseen realities, the confidence in seeing something, you know, you know there's something that needs to be accomplished, but you can't see it physically, but you can only see it in the spirit. He said, that's the, it is that confidence in unseen stuff, that confidence in unseen dreams, realities, and things that people can't see physically, verse 2, is, what, is why the elders or the people, the pioneers, the ancients, that's what they were commended for. Now, I want you to pay attention. It's what they were commended for. Transition says that it is, it is how they obtained a good report. In other words, God commended them because they could believe in invisible things and move towards it. They believed in a purpose and a plan, right? That was not manifested. And then they took steps and moved towards it. And God commended them for it. So listen, one thing you need, you need to learn as we're talking about purpose is that the commendation of purpose does not just come at the end of fulfilling your purpose. The commendation concerning purpose comes when you begin to walk with God, seeing the invisible, seeing the impossible. In other words, some people think that it's when I'm completed with all this thing. No, when you re receive something from God and you start taking steps towards it, God begins to say thumbs up to you because you are walking by faith. And that's what he commands. You see, when, if everything is already laid out, if your entire purpose, your entire call is already laid out, like, you know, everything is, you know, ready, you just, there's no fight, there's no believing required, there's no mystery concerning it, there's no finding, you know, there's none of those things, then, you know, I think it's less of an adventure, and there's less of a commendation that comes from that. But what makes this subject of working in purpose and running the race and aligning with God so interesting, so amazing, and why God, God, you know, just comments those who walk by purpose is because it's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. It's a faith walk. For example, right now, there are certain things that we see concerning, you know, the future. The only guarantee that those things are going to happen is because we place confidence in God's word. And we continue moving. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? We continue moving. That's it. So, walking in purpose is a faith walk. It's a faith walk. I'm telling you, it's a faith walk. And I'm gonna, you're gonna see, you're gonna see as we move on. It's a faith walk. So, 
So, it says, so the first elder mentioned the first person to have a dream and to see something contrary to it was God himself, verse 3. The first person, that he had a dream. So he wanted to, you know, create the walls, right? He said, through faith, we understand that the walls were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. So the first person to confront that thing was God himself. So he had something that he wanted to do. He wanted to create the walls. But then he looked and there was nothing. There was nothing visible. So he had to exercise faith also to bring visible things out of what? Invisible things. Everybody say after me, say, the, say, say walking by faith, walking in purpose, is bringing invisible things into visible manifestation. You get what I'm saying? Everything that you see in this world right now, whether organization, churches, or whatever, or callings, or whatever, there was a time they were invisible. But then, some people, by faith, they brought it into manifestation. This church was brought into manifestation through the faith of some people. And then, the faith of people right now, our faith right now, is bringing more things into manifestation. Men of Faith Network was brought, was brought into manifestation through faith. Those of you that have received vision, honeymoon's lifestyle and all this vision, you're going to have to walk by faith to bring it into manifestation. You know, you can't, you, you, you can't, if God had to go through it, you can't not go through it. You're going to have to walk by faith to bring it into manifestation. There's a fight of faith that is involved in bringing vision into manifestation. There's a fight of faith that is involved. Amen. Are you getting what I'm saying? God, is, God's, God will just give you that word, but you're going to have to receive that word by faith and take steps of faith before it becomes a visible reality. This building that you are living, that, that you are in right now, and everything that we see in this place right now was faith that brought it into manifestation. It was faith that created the contours, how it looks right now. It was, it was a fight of faith. It would not have happened without faith. Yes, it wouldn't have happened without faith. It was faith that the people came together and believed God to buy it. They believed God to, re to renovate it. They believed God when it looked impossible in the midst of the ruins and they were building stuff and carrying doors and breaking things down and doing that. Right, we did not even know whether people were going to show up after we did that, but people were doing that. It took faith to get it done. Purpose, <laughs> purpose you, can't, you can't remove it from faith. It's a work of faith. It's a work of faith. So, you know, if you are used to, you know, everything being done and, you know, and all that, and you just see them physically, then you will not be able to work in purpose and align. No, you are going to have dreams, but you are going to have to work with God so that those things um, manifest. Now, let, look at verse 4. I wanted you to look at verse 4. This is very important. Verse 4, quickly. Verse 4. So, it says, by you know, let me let, 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 let me let me do let me do it this way. Let me do it this way. Um, let me let me go to Hebrews 12, and then I'll come back to this again because I want you guys to be able to link it all together. Because, like I told you, it's a letter, so we're going to come back to verse four. So, what the writer of Hebrews was saying in verse 12 is that, listen, when he says, "Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses." What cloud of witnesses was he talking about? He was talking about what? All those people that, all these people that he's about to start talking about. He first started talking about God, and then he started talking about what? Abel, Abraham, all these people, Noah, and all that. He says, 
since we are surrounded by this cloud of witnesses, then let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance, the perseverance, the race that is set before. So before I go into that, I just want to quickly, you know, I'm going to get more into Hebrews 11 and all the other things as we move on, but I, I want to make sure that I lay this introduction, this foundation very clearly. So the first thing is that there's a race we are to run. Everybody say there's a race we are to run. Point yourself say there's a race that I am to run. There's a race that I am to run. You are on a race. You are in a race. You are in a race. Your life is not unplanned. Your life is pre-planned. Your life is not unplanned. Your life is pre-planned. You, you guys know that well-built cities, right, by people who have sense, they plan it. And I'm sure you know God has sense, right? How many of you have traveled outside of, um, I'm sorry, you know, I was listening to somebody, and person was talking about that, but I think it's a good illustration, you know. When you, are tra- when you travel to Africa, I'm sorry. So as you're about to land, you know when you're about to land, you start seeing the terrains, right? So if you're coming to this side, you know, going to Dubai, going to Europe and all that, when you're about to land, you start seeing things are lined up. You see light all lined up, roads lined up, like very nice lines. That's what you see. And then you land, you know. So you see there's an evidence of a plan. But when you get to some, to Africa, <laughs> just as you're about to land, you see, first of all, you see a tree somewhere. Then you see... You know, one house. Then you see a bunch of houses. Then you see darkness in some places. Then you see... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm so sorry. Maybe it will mobilize or motivate some people to do something about it, you know? But that's the reality. Some nations in Africa are exempted from that. You know, get to South Africa, some parts of it, you know, you see, you get to some of that. But, you know, you see, like, everything is just, like, they just jump put it all together. That is, that's the way some people think God operates. That God just jumps, puts out here, and then he just jumps everything together. No! God pre-plants our lives. The only thing that we need to do is we need to get an area view of it from his perspective, right? And then begin to realign ourselves to it. Your life is not haphazard. Your life is planned. It's pre-planned. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20. Ephesians 2.20 says, sorry, 2.10, I mean. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are his workmanship. Or we are his work, we are his masterpiece. The word used for masterpiece there is the word poema. Where you get the word poem. We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things. He planned for us long ago so that we can do good things. He planned for us long ago. Listen, the plan existed before you were born, but then you had to be born again so that you can be able to do it. The plan had been there before you got born again, 
But you have to be born again so that you can receive the Holy Spirit's ability to actually what? Fulfill it. But I want you all to know, listening to me and watching me, young and old, there is a plan for your life. There's a plan for your life. Your life is not a disorganized complex. No. Your life is planned. There is a way your life is supposed to go. There is a, there's a plan. And that plan remains. No matter what has happened, that plan remains. It is planned. So, I want you to understand that because we're going to be working on that premise. There's a plan for your life. There's a plan of your life. What you are required to do is to follow that plan. Do you get it? And the following of that plan is what? Running the race. The following of the plan is running, running the race. The following. You know, guys, you need to know that the following of this plan, the reason why people don't follow it is because it is not, you know, you say I talk about it, it's not automatic. Do you get what I'm saying? You have to run. You know, Paul the Apostle, uh, who I love so much, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says, he says something at the end of his own life. Look at what he says. He says, I have fought the good fight. I have what? I finished. Everybody say finished the race. I have remained what? Faithful. Faithful. Verse 8. Verse 8. And now the prize awaits me. The crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on the day of his return. And this prize is not just for me, but for those who eagerly look forward to his appearing. What he's saying is that there's a prize, there's a reward, there's an accolade that is coming, and that accolade is going to be given. There's, you know, there, there are rewards that you get as you are moving, right? But that accolade, you know, the one he's talking about, that, that prize is going to be given to those who complete their race. For those who complete their race. But he says that, Paul says there's a fight that is involved. There's a fight that is involved in this race. There's a struggle that is involved in this race. So the first thing we've got to do is that we've got to make up our minds that we're going to run our race and finish it. Come on, say, I'm going to run my race. Listen, no matter, listen to me clearly, every, clear, carefully, everybody watching me, no matter who you are, what your endeavor is, if your plans and your purposes are in line with God, they will succeed. They will what? Succeed. In other words, if you find out God's plans for you and begin to work in that plan, and then you have the same purpose as God, the motives and what is behind it, your plans will succeed. But listen, if you are operating by your own plans, Listen, if you're operating by your own plans, you're not seeking God's plan for yourself, you're not seeking to know why, but you're just operating and just flowing. What will happen is that you are going to build something, but what you are going to build is going to be in vain. Psalms 127 verse 1. Accept the Lord, build the house. Deliver, deliver in vain that build it. Psalm 127 verse 1. Except the Lord, or unless the Lord builds a house, the work of the builders is wasted. Now, notice that they, they, build, they built it, right? But it's wasted work. It's wasted work. 
So you need to realize that it is not everything that is being built right now, not every career that is being built, not everything that is being built is being built according to God's plans. It's not every one of those things that will be rewarded. The only thing that matters to God is what you build according to his own plans for you. It is not every ministry that is being built. It is not every initiative. It's not everything that is being built, right, that is being built in line with God's plans. We have, in fact, you have to stop at different times to say, God, and pray and say, God, am I building according to your plan? Because the way this world works is that there's a pool that wants to make, to get you into selfishness. There's a pool that wants to get you into your own plans, into your own purpose, into your own motives. And we have to have God's plans, God's purposes, and pursue them. Hallelujah. The plan of God for you is unique, and you have to find it out. You have to find it, and you have to stay there and keep listening. And that's why we cannot remove working in purpose from working in fellowship with God on a daily basis, because things shift. Things what? Shift. You know, I was watching a documentary yesterday. It was sent to me by one of these, you know, top ministers, you know, in the world, you know, celebrating his, you know, sent, sent to us, actually my wife, you know, and then um, 50 years of ministry, and I was also watching it from when it started and everything, and I was like, wow, I got to come out and say, this looks very much like our lives, you know, <laughs> and like, da, 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 and then all the different things and all that, but one of the things that, you know, came to me very strongly, I was like, that thing just came, you know, very um, like on time, like just accurately for what was going on. We've had it for a while, right? But the Holy Spirit told me to look for it and, and watch it. And I was looking for it over the years. I couldn't find it. And then I found it somewhere, hidden somewhere. <laughs> we all just I found it and I started watching it, you know, yesterday. But one of the things I saw is that when it comes to the plans of God, some people think that they're already inside it, but they don't know that they're, even in, they're just in preparation. This minister, after... He had done about 25, going to 30 years of ministry. God spoke to him and said, if you died today, you will not have even stepped into my plans. <laughs> now, I'm talking about somebody who had taught, built, I mean, buildings, done different, blessed people and all that. And God said, they, you have not, that there is <laughs> the real plan that I have for you, you have not even stepped into it. That if you had died today or now, you will, you will not have worked in my perfect will. That's very, and I've had, can I take and say the same thing too? You know. So, we, you know, later as we move on, we're going to talk about faces. You need to know faces of preparation. You need to know all that. But I just wanted to know everybody that this is serious. This is something that we have to take very seriously. The reason why you are here on the right is to run that race. But or you might not know that you are running a different race. And that's why we need to realign to the race that God wants us to run. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, our labors will not be in vain in Jesus' name. Someone say, my labor will not be in vain in Jesus' name. So, let's, let's look at, you know, I'm going to be treating eight points this month. So, I'm going to do two today. But eight point three months, I'm going to, you know, to to break down uh, this passage and exegete it completely. Um, I'm talking about Hebrews chapter 12. So the first thing I want to talk about is the arena. I want to start talking about that race, the arena. So I'll talk about the arena 
um, I can give you a preview. We're going to talk about the arena. We're going to talk about the arrangement. We're going to talk about um, the, the athletes, who are the people who are running. We're going to talk about the approach. How should you do the running? We're going to call, talk about the offer. Who called you to run? We're going to talk about the accomplisher. What, who are you running with? We're going to talk about the ambition. What are you running towards? And we're going to talk about the accolades. What are the rewards that are waiting? So it's going to be a powerful month. So don't miss it. Don't miss any part of this series. Uh, it's going to be a blessing to you. Amen. So I want to first of all start by talking about the arena in which we're running. And then we'll, we'll circle back to Hebrews 11. Everybody say the arena. So Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The first thing it tells us is, is the surrounding. The surrounding of our race. It since we are surrounded. Everybody say we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witness. So the first thing that we're going to be dealing with is the surrounding of our race. Everybody say the surroundings of our race. That's what I call the arena. The arena. What arena are you running in? I, I'm not a, I'm not an, you know, somebody who ran. I tried to run, but, you know, in high school, but I wasn't one of the, I was always coming close to last, so. <laughs> it's not one of my gifts. <laughs> so, I, spe I have speed in my mind, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not physical speed. Even my son, now they, they all beat me when they run. You know, they're in front of me. You know, so I've accepted that. Amen. But for those who run, you know that if you want to run, you have to know the kind of race you are running, right? You know, is it cross-country? Is it a marathon? Is it a sprint? Okay, or what terrain are you going to be running it, right? Is it smooth? Is it grass? Is it whatever? So the first thing that I want us to know about this race of life, this race of purpose that we are called to run is the surroundings. And there are two important things that I implied in Hebrews chapter 12. The first one is that the terrain for running our race is on earth. Everybody say on earth. You, the moment you close your eyes, the race is over. Wherever you go to, when you close your eyes, the race is over. So this is a long-distance race, but it's also a timed race. There is an ending point for that race. And you have that period of time to complete it. Do you get what I'm saying? You have the period of time, which is the length of your life, to complete that race that God has put before you. So the terrain is the earth. It spans from birth to death. Now... The race we're talking about is in a challenging terrain. Everybody say challenging terrain. The reason is because, you know, you, know, you can run. I mean, when I go, you know, like going to the gym, you know, when you're on the, you're on the treadmill, right? Or maybe on the, whatever, the cycle or whatever. You know, they will, you can choose different terrains, right? And it's going to be harder based on the terrain. Sometimes, you know, you want to do rocky places. You want to do, and then the thing is, you know, it's tougher. You know, when you are doing rocky places, that when you, and then when you are doing inclines and all that, the terrain of the race that we are running as believers is not a downward slope. It's uphill. And the terrain is rough. 
The terrain is rough because not only are you trying to run, you also have opposition that is trying to distract you or trying to stop you from running the race. There will be temptations to quit and distractions to get us off track. There will be solicitations from different directions to get us off track. And that's why you see that, you know, people do get off track. The race is sometimes strenuous. Ephesians 6.12 says, our struggles, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. So in other words, there's going to be, there, there'll be some challenges as we run this race. As we walk in our purpose, there'll be challenges that are going to show up. But the good thing is that we have victory in God. Amen. But don't expect life to be a bed of roses. Don't expect the race to be a bed of roses. That you are just going on autopilot. Autopilot. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. You're not autopilot. Right? Not put it on cruise control. No. The race is the terrain is challenging. The earth is in, the, in wickedness. And we're seeking to establish the kingdom of God in the midst of the darkness. So you are going to be challenged. Everything that God has given you to do will be challenged. Will be challenged. And that's why you have to be prepared as an athlete. We're going to get to that later when we talk about you know, uh, the athlete. You've got to be prepared. But I want you to know that that's the terrain that you are walking in. Now the second aspect of that terrain is more of, more of good news. So you have the terrain you are running, there are challenges and all that, but then you have what it calls in Hebrews 12, chapter 1, the writer of Hebrew calls the grandstands. Everybody say the grandstands. Everybody say the grandstands. So the writer was using, you know, those Roman and Grecian, you know, races and competitions. Maybe I've watched those movies before. When you watch those medieval movies, you will see the grandstand, right? And you see people ah, clapping, shouting, ah, 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 you know, because you're about to run and all that. Hebrews chapter 12, verse, uh, verse 1, please. You know, saying that despite the fact that the terrain is challenging, you have opposition, it's saying that you also have cheerleaders. Everybody say cheerleaders. You have people cheering you on. You have people cheering you on. How many of you have, ex have you been cheered on before? Uh, I'm not just talking about physical cheering. Like you were doing something for God and then just suddenly just received encouragement. How many of you have experienced it before? I've experienced it. I experienced one, you know, recently, you know, I was delivering food in the snow. Like I was delivering food to some short ends in, in the Rogers Park. So I had all the food I was driving and all that. And ah, so as I was going... I had the Holy Spirit say to me, you know what I'm saying? I was sharing with my wife. The Holy Spirit just told me, he said, thank you. He said, thank you for being my hand. Thank you. I, mean, that, that, I mean, I've had that thing from the Holy Spirit of, you know, just a few times in my life. One of them was when I finished at my university and I'd worked there for five years and I was going out. And God, I remember that day I was praying. And God said, thank you for the work you have done for five years. You have set in motion an irresistible force that can never be stopped. You know, that was the word. He said, it can never be stopped. And it has never been stopped. You know, like, it's like everything that you know, like was, you know, was built in that place, and God continued to build on it. So I had that word. I said, thank you. Thank you for being my hand. Thank you. 
you know, the, the surge of encouragement that came because it was so, it, I mean, the snow was everywhere. I had to go, you know, wear a mask, go into apartment buildings, you know, because there were some people that wanted that, uh, what do you call it, Project Radical Generosity money, you know, that we did, but they can't leave their house because of sickness. So they can't come to collect it. So we have to go there and deliver it for them. So we'll park and go in there. So, you know, what I'm trying to say is that they, they, as you are running your race, as you make up your mind to walk in your purpose, there are encouragement that God is going to give you along the way. Yes, are you listening? And sometimes the encouragement is going to be in, forms of, in form of people. But it's talking about in, in this place that there is a spiritual body of spectators watching us every day. Can I get an amen? amen. We have predecessors. We have pioneers that are watching us as we're running our race and cheering us on. Everybody that has been in your family who knew Jesus and went to heaven, they can see the progress that you are making on the earth when it comes to God's purpose, and they are cheering you on. They are calling your name, and they're saying, come on, do it, come on, come on, come on. go, 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 come on, come on, come on, go, your grandfathers, your grandmothers, they're saying it. That's what, that's what he was talking about in this place. Then he was referring also to all those people that we're talking about, Abraham and all those people, that those people are looking, and they are seeing us in our generation as we are moving forward in God's plans and purposes for us, and they are sharing us on and saying, don't quit, Fred, don't quit, Ngozi. come on, come on, keep going. Hallelujah. 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 You know, I don't know about you, I love the stories of those people. God puts their stories in there to keep on encouraging you. You see, whenever you are discouraged, as we begin to talk about purpose, whenever you get discouraged as you are running your race, right? Just, first of all, think about all these elders that we're talking about in Hebrews 11. You can go to Hebrews 11, 1, and just flow with me from verse 3. You know, when you are getting discouraged, think about God. When you are discouraged, when what you see looks different from the dreams that you have, think about God looking at the whole universe looking at darkness over the face of the earth, and he was never discouraged. He spoke and light came. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you are discouraged of when you are trying to do the will of God, you are following God's will, right? You are doing what God is telling you to do, and then other people are treating you badly to the point that they begin to envy you. Amen. They begin to envy you, even though you didn't do anything to offend them. Just remember Abel, who gave the right sacrifices. That's all he did in obedience to God. And Cain was envious, and Cain attacked him. When people attack you, when you're walking in God's purpose, remember Abel is cheering you on, saying, you know what? I sowed my seed, and I even thought my seed was going to die after I died. But my seed still continued to speak, even after I am gone. I want you to know that no matter what is happening, what people are saying, the seeds that you're sowing, they are going into the ground, and they accepted by God and they are going to keep on speaking even after you are gone. Yeah. Hallelujah. You, you see, when you are discouraged that you have wasted most of your life and you are just discovering God's purpose, now that you are, you are in your 40s or in your 50s and, and all that, that oh, I've wasted my life. Remember this man that is called Enoch, who walked, you know, he lived his life anyhow for 300 years, but at the age of 300, he met God. And the remainder of the 60 years that he had, the Bible says he walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. 
So no matter how far you have strayed away or stayed away from God, listen to me. If you make up your mind right now that I'm going to follow God, God can make 60 years become more meaningful than those who live a thousand years. Have you read the story of, Noah, of, of Enoch before? You start by saying, this one begat this one and died and lived this and died. This one begat this one, lived a lot of years, then he just got to, got to, uh, was Enoch. Enoch had lived 300 years. And then he began to walk with God, and God took him, and God took him. So I want to encourage somebody in this place. It's not too late. Come on, tell me, it's not too late. Say, I can still realign. Say, I, I can still realign. It is not too late. Let Enoch, Enoch is clapping for you right now. And saying, no, 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 don't quit. I was like that too. I had lived my life. I did everything. And then something happened to me. I gave birth to a child. And something happened. And I said, I got to see God some more. And look at where it has landed me. Amen. When God is telling you to do something now, and that thing looks ridiculous to everybody that you are speaking to. It looks ridiculous to everybody that you are sharing it with. And they are laughing at you. When God has told you to do something and it's taking a long time, you are constructing it, you are working on it, it's taking a long time. Noah is there, you know, clapping for you and saying, remember, God told me to build an ark. Nobody has seen an ark before. People were mocking me. It took a long time to do it. But you know what? When I did it, I saved my family and I saved the world and I saved the next generation. So be encouraged. Hallelujah. Be encouraged and go forth. With what God is telling you to do. No matter what people are saying. When you are getting discouraged, maybe you are watching me right now, you are getting discouraged and working in God's plans for you. You know, because God has told you to do something and God has not given you the full picture. He didn't give you the full picture. He just said, I want you to step out and do this. I want you to do this. Remember, Abraham is cheering you on. Abraham was 75 years old. He was in his familiar territory. And God says, I want you to leave your father's house, to leave everybody, your relative, and to go to a land that I will show you. Abraham had to live as a pilgrim. He had to live as a stranger. You know, maybe you are living as a pilgrim right now. You are living as a stranger right now. People around you don't understand you. Your family does not understand you. They don't understand what you are seeing. They feel you are crazy. They don't know that you are looking for a city whose foundation and maker is God, that you have seen something better than what is currently existing, but God is calling you to step forward and to your purpose to establish heaven on the earth. I want you to be encouraged because Abraham is rooting for you right now. Hallelujah. Maybe you are here and you are, you are very old. You know, first of all, you are old. And then it looks as if certain things have been delayed in your life. Hedge has already caught up with you. Time has already passed. In fact, human, humans will say you have already passed your prime time. You have missed your, 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 you have missed your calling. Oh, no, it's too late for you. You know, just, just quit. Sarah is shouting for you, is rooting for you, and saying, I know God who can reverse the time and restore the years to bring forth the promise that he has made. I was 90-something years old or whatever. I was old. I had passed menopause, but God gave me the dream. He gave me strength to fulfill the dream. Sarah is shouting for you and encouraging you. Don't give up because of time. Don't let people tell you time has passed. Although you have passed 
prime time. You are too young or you are too old. Because you are not too old, what God has called you to do will still be fulfilled. Because God is a specialist in restoring the years that the locust has eaten. And the years that the canker worm has eaten, God is able to bring forth his promise for you. No matter how old you have become, he will reverse your vitality so that you can be able to fulfill what he has called you to do. Can I get an amen in this house? Oh, you guys are too calm. Come on, you are too cool. I say God is able to reverse the time and restore the years for you. God can bring people that the world has written off and then it can make them world-changing miracles. Some of you have been written off. I'm here to announce to you your story is just beginning. You are not too old. Your ministry shall be fulfilled. Remove the hedge from your mind. You have not passed your prime time. Because with God, as long as you are alive, you are still in prime time. When you are making sacrifices, God is telling you to take steps. And it's so tough. You are making sacrifices. You are doing all that. You know, I want you to remember Abraham. Abraham, God told him to sacrifice his son Isaac. He had to walk several days to get him there. This man was running his race, but it was tough. But do you know what? When he obeyed God, God told him, because you have sacrificed, listen, I am going to bless your generations after sure. In blessing, I will bless you. And in multiplying, I will multiply you. I want you to know that what you are doing does not end with your lifetime. You might not see everything that God has said concerning you in this lifetime, but I tell you, you are going to see it. You are going to see it manifest in your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. You are going to see it manifest in your world. In the name of Jesus, don't be discouraged. Abraham is shouting for you. He's rooting for you. In the name of Jesus, maybe right now you are making sacrifice concerning your children. You are waking up in your house. Like Pastor Mo said one time, he said, a house is like a factory. You know, we are betting this one. I'm putting that one there. I'm betting that one. You are sacrificing for your children. You are educating them. You are taking them to Kid City, to Teen City. You are showing them. You are doing all that. And you are getting discouraged. Do you know who I want to tell you about right now? Moses' parents are looking at you. And they are saying, don't give up. There was a time they said all the sons will be killed. But we saw our son. And we decided that we are going to prepare him. That there was something special about our son. So we planned. But look at what God made out of our son. Our son became the Lord giver. Be encouraged because that child that you are working on right now, that child that you are raising up right now, that child that you are sacrificing on right now, God has called that child to touch the world. Don't give up. Hallelujah. Maybe you are getting discouraged because you feel that you have been left at the backside of the desert. You made an attempt to serve God. You were sincere, like Moses. But instead of being appreciated, you were chased out of town. You were put in a place where you are taking care of sheep that is not your own. You are walking in the wilderness for 40 years. The same thing every day. The same work every day. You go to the same work, you are not happy. You know I'm not supposed to be here. Moses told me to tell you, I'm clapping for you. I'm encouraging you because I was in your shoes. I tried to serve God in sincerity. 
but I was chased out of my town and I had to be in the wilderness keeping the animals of my father-in-law but you know what God met me there and I found out that God can use a nobody I want to encourage you don't be discouraged there's still more ahead of you rise up and fulfill God's purpose can I get an amen in the house hallelujah hallelujah listen you know that Moses lesson is so powerful that wilderness that you have been going for 40 years God is showing you because you are going to take people through that same wilderness so trust in the Lord in the name of Jesus oh let me let, let me begin to round up with that Rahab the prostitute was mentioned there Rahab the prostitute first of all God put Sarah God put Rahab there to let you know that working in purpose is not the domain of the male of the male species alone he put women there just like patriarchs are needed matriarchs are also needed hallelujah so listen maybe you are here right now watching me and you feel your past profession or the way you have lived your life in the past you know it's going to stop you from fulfilling your purpose god you know what Rahab sent me to you this morning to tell you i was feeling that way too i was a prostitute i was a whole hallelujah i'm sorry to say that that's who i was and that's what i was doing but one day i saw that the prophets of god and the messengers of god are coming i decided to realign myself so i want to tell you maybe you are here and you are ashamed of your past you are ashamed of what has happened or what you have done i want you to know that god saw me when i made that readjustment when i made that realignment and he put me in the lineage of the messiah so one more matter how you feel about yourself right now how you feel about your past right now god still accept prostitutes who receives prophets? Who receives his son? Rise up and don't let your past hold you down. Rise up and fulfill your purpose. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what he was saying there. That there's a cloud of witness. You know, that, that they're encouraging you. The race will be tough. But there are people who have gone ahead of you. And these people are telling us. Listen, we were there. And make it. They are literally clapping for us right now. Every time you fall and you rise up, they say, come on, get up, get up. We did it too. We did it too. You can get there. You can get there. You can get there. Every time you are discouraged, they say, come on, get encouraged, get encouraged. There's something ahead of you. We went there. We were there. We were there. We were there. Hallelujah. We were there. And all the people who have lived before us in our city, in your spheres of influence that have served God. I don't have the time to mention all the names, but all those people are looking back and they're saying, you know what? I was there in the heat like you are there in the heat. But remember, don't give up because there's a reward that is coming. If you just take that one step, if you just make that move, you will see that things can go to move. Or a robot says there was a time God gave me a dream to build a university. I had no money. I had nobody. And God told me to step out. That that university will send people to all the nations of the world to bring light where there is darkness. I stepped out. People mocked me. People laughed at me. The church came at me. I said, can an evangelist build a university? But I'm here to tell you, as I stepped out, God began to move. God began to send people. God began to send finances. God began to do that. And listen, by the time I was leaving this world, or a Robert, or a Robert University was one of the top universities in the nation. And even now, after I am gone, I'm still looking at it because people are still being released. People are being released. Miles Moreau, Miles Moreau went through it. 
Oh, so many people went through it. Get a couple and went through it. All the giants, all the people that are touching the world right now, they went through the dream of that man who almost gave up. I'm here to tell you, no matter what God has told you, told you to do, remember, there are people that are waiting on you. There are people that are waiting on you. They are waiting on your obedience. They are waiting on what you do. You don't know who is going to come out of it. Hallelujah. Be encouraged. Run your race. You do not know who God is going to race through your race. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. Man, do you feel encouraged? I feel encouraged. I feel encouraged. Because I tell you, sometimes this thing can be so tough that you want to give up. Oh, you want to quit. But when you remember the stories of these people and you hear the message of the Holy Spirit, you now realize, and when you see what God has done in the past, hallelujah, then you know that the God that did it in the past is he has more in store. I am here to announce to you today, if that's all you got today, your life is not over. Your destiny is not over. There's plenty still ahead of you. You are just stepping into God's plans for yourself and people are waiting for you and people are clapping for you. God is encouraging you. We've been there. The Lord, the Spirit of God is saying, hallelujah. Let me wrap up by giving you my second point. My second point, I'll wrap up with that. So the first one I said, the arena. The second one is the arrangement. Everybody say the arrangement. So the arena is the terrain. So we say it's a difficult terrain, but we also have supporters. Amen. We have people at every stop. You see, Chicago Marathon or whatever, you see, you have friends sharing you on. You understand? That you shouldn't quit. So that's the terrain in which we're running. Now the arrangement. Everybody say the arrangement. So what are you running in? I want you to understand the race a little bit more. I'll start with that and I will continue next week. What does this race look like? What does this race look like? <laughs> you know, one of the ways you understand what something is, is by learning what it is not. So I'm going to go that route today and just quickly explain to you what the race is not. Are you guys ready? what it is not, so that you don't make a mistake. The first one is, it is not a rat race. <laughs> Everybody says it's not a rat race. <laughs> so in case, <laughs> you, <laughs> in case you misunderstand me, that this race of purpose we're talking about, because people, people make that mistake. They think it's about the American dream. You know, you know what a rat race is? It's an endless, self-defeating, pointless pursuit. You know, it's like rats. You know what they call rats? They'll put a cheese in front of them, right? So they will run. When they get it, they'll move the cheese again. They will run. Always chasing the cheese, but never catching it. And then you put a bunch of rats in there, and they'll all be running for cheese and all that. That's not the race that God has called us to run. The race is not about who has the biggest house. It's not about who has the biggest car. It's not about who is most popular. Hmm. 
It is not about the competitive struggle to get ahead financially. That's not what we're talking about. This race we're talking about is a race in your purpose. It is not, you know, thank God we teach finances, net worth, and all that. But remember, we're always connected to the fact that whenever you raise money, it must, or you, you grow, it must be connected to your original race. You must, if you want to have a big house, that is fine. But make sure that that house is fulfilling your race. It's helping you to fulfill that race. Hallelujah. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? It's not a rat, it's not a competitive race. Where we're running against one another, say, who's going to catch up? Who's going to be the best? Who's going to be the top? Who's going to be the another? It's not a rat race. Do you guys get that? Someone say it's not a rat race. Say, it is not a race to fulfill the American dream. It is to fulfill your kingdom dream. And your kingdom dream is not the American dream. There are many people who have the American dream fulfilled. A house with a picket fence and, you know, everything, a car, SUV, and all that. They have the American dream fulfilled, but they are unfulfilled when it comes to their race. The real race. So it's not a rat race, okay? It is not a path race. I'll tell you what I mean. Number two. It's not what? A path race. <laughs> what do you mean by path race? Lekon, lekon. Good job. Solomon. Excellent. You are the greatest thing since sliced bread. <laughs> what an amazing guy you are. It's not a path race. You are not running this race so that people can say, oh, what a great guy you are. It is not for earthly accolades. It's not for it. In fact, listen, as you run the race, sometimes... People, rather than give you accolades, right, they will come against you. Your accolade is going to be with God. So don't look for people to say thank you to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? On your race. Don't, please play something for me to help me. I will help me to finish fast. Uh, <laughs> don't look for people to pat you and say thank you to you on your race. When they do it, thank, praise God, appreciate, don't stop people. But don't go looking for it. Your race is not a part race. Just like it's not a rat race. Number three, it's not a frat race. <laughs> it's not what? A frat race. What do I mean by a frat race? So a fraternity, right? It is not a race of your friend's approval. Listen, I talked last week about together, right? And you know, when you teach the truth of God's word, you must always be balanced. And I kept on saying it. So there is together, but within together, there is an individuality. You get what I'm saying? Just like in a car, there's a wheel, right? But it works together with together. For together to work very well, everybody in together must find themselves and do their part. That's the balance. You get what I'm saying? They say two heads are better than one. There are two terrible heads. It's worse. <laughs> it's worse than one. <laughs> you need straight heads for together to be productive. So while we're talking about the collective, I want you to understand that your contribution to the collective will only be effective if you develop yourself. That's why I say it's not a flat race. Fraternity. 
Genesis 12, verse 1, the Lord said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family. Go to the land I will show you. It was a specific instruction that he had to do. But in doing that, he was going to bless the collective, right? But he had to obey individually. First Corinthians chapter 3 says, the person who plants, and the person, first Corinthians 3, 8, the person who waters, they are all together for the same purpose, but each one will be rewarded for their own work. So you're working together in the collective, but you also have your own individual work. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. This race, you know, the race that we're running, is a race that you have to run by yourself, right? People are around you, helping you, right? They can help you, we can help one another on our race. You know what I'm saying? But you still got to run. Because after a while, if you fall down, right? You fall down completely. Everybody's waking you up, waking you, waking you, waking you, waking you. After a while, they will start running their own race. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? So you, you, you also have to develop yourself individually, spiritually, and all that. You have to find out what is your own individual race within the collective. You get that? Can I get an amen? It is not a splat race. Splat. You know, let me tell you what I mean by splat. Please show me what I mean by splat. Splat is... Yeah, done. <laughs> please, can you show it, please? It's not a flat race. It's not a sprint. It's a long distance race that requires endurance. It is not a speed test. Everybody says it's not a speed test. You know, some people say, ah, that person is moving very fast. There are many people that were moving very fast that you can't find them anymore. Shooting stars. The tortoise and the hare. The tortoise. Watching this man's 50 years of ministry. Thank you. I was watching 50 years of ministry. I'm like, ah, ah God. Ah, ah. <laughs> By the time this guy was 30 years, I'm talking about Andrew Womack. By the time these guys was like 30 years in ministry, the ministry was bankrupt. As much as that, he was still. <laughs> then one day, something just happened. And then the entire world, and all the people that, people were coming, all the, whatever. It is not about who goes fast, it is about who stays there and lasts. It's about those who last. It's about lasting. Not how fast. It's not a splat race. So listen, don't be discouraged. Don't quit. Just walk with God. Obey him step by step. Because what you, the dream, the big dream or whatever he has given you, it just takes God blowing the thing and saying, ready. And then in one instance, all those things just begin to happen. He's just waiting for you to be ready. It's preparation. It's already in God's hand. It's already laid out. But you are being prepared. Don't rush. Preparation time is never wasted time. One thing I've discovered is, and I've made the same mistake myself, just like Moses did. I've made it in the past. 
I will receive a word from God. I will think that when God gives me a word, that that word is for now. When God gives you a word, he's telling you to prepare for that because that word is going to happen sometime later. That's where it usually works. He's saying now, begin to prepare because that is the next thing. But people make a mistake. They will model the plan of God by stepping out to try to make it happen on their own. No, that's not the way it works. God is supposed to make it happen for you. But when you receive that word, you receive it and start working with that word and prepare yourself. Be faithful with God because God will just blow it like that because you are ready. So it's flat race. He said we run the race with perseverance. It's not a competitive race. I'm getting to the end. It's not a sat race. Sat. There are some people, you, you see, what, what do I mean by sat, sat, sat? Some people are sitting on the sidelines. You can't sit this race out on the sidelines and say, you know what? My own life, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it cool. I'll just sit down. I won't do anything. God, you know, cool, Sarah, Sarah, whatever will be, will be. The future is not for us to see. Sarah, Sarah, what we be, we be lie. <laughs> what will be is not going to be. What will be is not going to be. Every action, right? Sorry, every object remains in a state of rest or uniform motion unless compelled by an external force to act otherwise. Newton's first law of motion. Simple way to say it, if you don't move, nothing moves. <laughs> that chair will be in that place for eternity if no force moves on it. The same when it comes to your plans and purposes, you can't sit it. It's not a sat race. Even though you may not know everything, step out and start doing something. Get into the dream team. Do the leading light. Do the grow track. Do you get it? Stop somewhere. Keep moving. Don't sit down. Don't say, you know what? I'm going to wait for when God is going to open the big door for me. And when he opens that big door, the whole world will know that somebody has been called. This race, they will see it. No, it doesn't work that way. You get off your butt and you start walking it. Some of us here, we have been on this path right now for 30 years and more. 19, 19, uh, 1990. 19, sorry, 1990, 1990, 1990, I was sitting in our house, 19, I got born again, 1989, and the Lord appeared, you know, the Lord spoke to me, the Lord spoke to me in that place, in a voice, audible voice clear, I'm calling you to, I'm calling you for a ministry to the nations, and I'm going to raise you up for it, that is what, 31, 30 what, 31 years ago, 31 years ago. The vision is still there, but I'm not even close to it. To it. But you don't quit. You keep on doing what? You keep on moving. We're seeing signs of it, signs of it, signs of it, but we're not there yet at all. You never quit. It's not a fat race. Let me, let me round up because of time. Final one. It's not a fat race. It's not fat. And we're going to get into that next week. What do you mean by fat race? It's like you want to run the race and you want to wear your, your suit. Extra spiritual fat. 
I love, I love Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the message translation, please. Hebrews chapter 12, the message translation. Let's see. That, that will help me end my message for today. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the message translation. Please show it. Not a fat place. He said, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on. We've talked about that. It means we better get on with it. Strip down. Start running. And never quit. No extra spiritual fat. <laughs> no parasitic sin. Everybody say extra spiritual fat. Now, the same way it's very, going to be difficult for somebody who is physically fat to run a marathon. It's going to be tough. I'm not saying you can't run it, but it will be tough, right? That's how it is tough for somebody who is also spiritually fat. When you're talking spiritually fat, we're not talking about spiritually healthy. We're talking about spiritual, excess spiritual fat. What do we mean by excess spiritual fat? <laughs> we're talking about attitudes. Everybody say attitudes. Pride. Wrong motives. Wrong attachment. Things that entanglement. Sometimes, and listen, when, when he was talking about spiritual fat here, he's talking about weight and sin, right? The first category, they are not things that are wrong necessarily. They are just things that are way, weighing us down. They are weighing us down. Not necessarily that they are wrong. That's the weight aspect of it. There's the sin aspect, which is the sin that keeps on tripping us, right? So we got to deal with that this month. Amen. But we're talking about, about weight. That's, that's, you know, you know the sin, right? That trips you, right? But that weight aspect, sometimes it deceives us. Some, some weight is things that God has not told you to do that you are putting upon yourself. You observe it from that ministry, from that person, and you applied it to your own without God telling you to do it. Some of us that we have all these PhDs and all, sometimes we put extra weight on ourselves. You know, like we put extra weight. Like things that we're supposed to say simply, we say it in a very weighty way. <laughs> you know, you analyze it and you know, you know we, <laughs> we got to simplify our lives. Everybody say, simplify your life so that you can run this race. It's not a fat race we're running. We have to simplify. I'm not you have gotten, I mean, you've gotten blessed today. Gotten, gotten something today. Come on, let's rise up and let's repeat what we have heard. And I just want to pray for everybody. We're going to take the communion. Hallelujah. So in this introduction today of running and following God's plans for your life, we have seen it that each of us have been called to run a race. We've been called to run that race. That race is supposed to be run through the length of our lives. It starts when we were born and then ends when we leave this world. When we get born again, we receive the power to actually run that race. There's a terrain that we're running the race in. The terrain is tough, it's uphill, because we have opposition coming against it. But also, along the line, we have people cheering us on. 
We have people, pioneers, people that have gone before us who are saying, I've been there. And if I was there and I succeeded, if I was there and I made it, you are also going to make it. So we have their stories in the Old Testament. We have their stories in the New Testament. We need to listen to their stories and get encouraged. So that's the arena in which we're running. And then we also learn about the arrangement of the race. That this race is pre-planned. That this race is not the rat race. It is not the race for people to pat us on the back and to give us accolade. It is not a race that you can remove your own personal responsibility and just depend on everybody to carry you alone. So it's not a frat race. It is not a splat race. It is not a race. It's not a sprint. It's not a short distance race. It's a race that you have to endure. So you don't have to, to look at where anybody is. Just stay there and keep on moving on. Don't look at anybody's pace. Just keep on getting prepared and getting better. When it's time for you to, to move to the next phase, God will make the announcement and God will create the opportunity for you. It's not a sad race. No matter what you have experienced in your life, no matter what has happened in the past, don't sit down on the sideline. Don't say, I'm not doing anymore because I was defeated the other time. I failed the other time. No. Paul said, I press on. I reach for the prize. I do not consider what is behind me. I forget what is behind me and I reach forward to those things that are ahead of me. And it's not a fat race. You have to simplify your life in order to be able to run this race. We have to get rid of entanglement. We have to get rid of certain things that are not in, a, in line with God. We have to realign to God's plan. We have to ask God to help us so that we simplify our lives so that anything that would drag us or trip us down will be taken off from our lives. And it is those things that I want you to lift up your hands and pray to God about right now. Let's lift our hands and just begin to pray concerning this race. I want you to cry out to God because God can hear our prayers. God can hear your prayers right now. As we begin going forth this month in learning about this race, I want you to lift up your voices right now. Everybody watching me online, everybody in the auditorium, lift up your voices and, say, and just ask the Lord and say, Lord, I am realigning myself. Come on, please. I'm realigning myself right now. And I'm asking for your grace. Say, I pray in the name of Jesus for realignment to take place in my life, starting from now. I pray that every extra spiritual fat, every besetting sin, every weight of doubt, attitude, pride, wrong motives, all the things that have, that have weighed me down, stopping me from moving forward in my race. Thank you, Father, because they are breaking off me. Come on, I, I need to hear you guys pray louder. Say, say, Thank you, Father, because they are pray, breaking off me in the name of Jesus. Say, I declare that every attachment that will hold me down from running my race, it is broken in the name of Jesus. Every weight that will stop me from being focused and from advancing and from pressing in my rage is lifted up now. Thank you for freedom, for purpose. Thank you for freedom to run my race. Come and say, in the name of Jesus, by the grace of God, I will finish my cause. I will fight this fight and I will receive a crown 
when I stand before God. I am dedicating this month to working on alignment, to stepping into my purpose, to doing what it takes, to get off the sidelines, and to start running my race with endurance. Amen. Pastor Peace, I know you have a special blessing from us about following God's plans for your life. Will you please share that with us? Well, as you know, as Pastor Lamb was, was, was preaching and teaching, you know, the only thing I could do was I just kept writing. Um, just kind of writing and, you know, I'm trying to get more self-expressed in, in spoken word. And so um, I just was writing. So I'm going to share with you guys what I, I wrote. And it's just based on the message today. I want to fulfill purpose is what echoes deep in your soul. It's never relenting, I know, because we share the same goal. A fight to walk in faith is what we must never leave, but take heed leaning on God's word, which tells us what we need. All of our lives have been pre-planned, says the Lord, and we have to strive to get the blueprint so that we can take the steps needed to fulfill our goals. Yes. Each of us have in our own challenging race, but all have been given the grace that will take us to our glorious place. Make up your mind that you will run your own race. No matter who you are, just align with God's unique plan for your estate. Your labor will never be in vain. Believe it and keep the faith so that you don't lose heart as you move through all the terrains you will face. Remember, you will have spectators who will be cheering you on when you feel like you're losing your strength. This will remind you that you should continue sowing those seeds and don't give up on your assigned race. Your race is not a rat race. Your race will... Your race is not to fulfill the American dream. Your race is not that you can get the pat on the back or race that calls for a fraternity. Your race is not a sprint. Your race is not for you to sit on the sideline, on the sideline, but your race is to burn off the spiritual fat so that you can fulfill the purpose that God has for you. Stay focused on rush, stay focused not rushing or looking for accolades. Don't give up. Don't give up is what I echo for you today. And let's, and let's look forward to hearing, well done, well done, my faithful servant, well done. Amen. Well done. Well done. Let's give a hand for Pastor Peace. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Globe Podcast. We trust you were blessed and inspired. For more contents from Dr. Land, visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at Pastor Land on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Keep glowing. See you next time.